really great to uh, to have people here to, to talk about winning clients in the COVID challenge world. We thought we we're going to do something different this uh, session because webinars normally are full of people presenting and lots of slides. And we thought we don't really want to do down that route. We want to go down the route of getting some conversation going, some questions going. And uh, a few of you may have seen an article that myself and a couple of other members of the sales and marketing hub created a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I'm really pleased that I've got the wonderful Emma Wyatt. Hello. And the wonderful Kate Sinchkin Gillies uh, uh, here to, to chat through okay. some of the, the points that were raised um, on that session. And what we'd love to do is basically get you to comment on some of the challenges that you're facing around uh, winning business, whether it's sales or it's marketing. What are the things that are concerning you around 2021 and uh, in, in this COVID environment and also the post-COVID environment? So um, we're just going to share some of the points that were raised, a few thoughts around what some of the advice that have been given by a couple of the experts, including um, Emma and, and, and Kate, and just some general thoughts on how we can help ensure we get our businesses in a great position from 20, uh, for 2021. So, um, Emma and Kate, good afternoon. Are you both well? Very well, thank you. Good afternoon. Excellent. Um, so I'll start with Emma. So Emma, you 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 put a really, I know, um, and I should do a bit of an introduction. So Emma is a, a LinkedIn strategist and a coach, a lady that knows everything you need to know about LinkedIn. She's the lady. And by the way, if you if you want to just have a look at her profile, it's fantastic. I love the way she defines her packages for business. So I'll let you have a look at her profile post for that. Emma knows everything that is around LinkedIn and LinkedIn's for business owners going to be a key way in which to grow our, our income, our revenues. And Kate um, is a communications expert and consultant that's worked in a mixture of different industries and in industries that have been hit really hard by COVID as well. So Kate knows exactly the right things to do and say to help people get their way through that. So, so look, so um, I've, got to, I've got to start by asking you to share your own advice then. So to Emma, talk to everyone about the advice that you shared. A couple, what, what we are, and just to let everyone know, what we asked, we asked basically all of the people that are in the sales, um, the mentors that were in the sales and marketing hub to ask two questions. First one was, what is your top tip to any business looking to generate new leads in a cost-effective way? And the second thing is, what should they avoid doing when they look to follow up on their on those new leads? What are the big sales no-nos? So, Emma, do you want to start off by what are some of the things that you've seen people doing to create leads and, and what are the big no-nos from a sales perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, James. So um, my big tip is, if you're not using LinkedIn already and you're working in that B2B space, then you need to get on LinkedIn. It's free to open accounts. And there is actually so much you can do for free. All it costs is your time and energy in actually making yourself having a presence on LinkedIn and being visible and joining the conversations. If you've yet to create your profile or you've yet to venture into sending connection requests or messages, whatever you do, don't send a sales pitch in your first message. <laughs> You'll get disconnected to quicker than probably anyone reading that whole message and i was gonna ask a question about emma because we see a lot of people and i'm sure everyone's been in the same boat where they've got an eight sometimes there's an agency that works for them or does that or they've got someone that's literally they're feeling over and energized by it what's the what would be your top two or three messages that you'd help you know if, if you're engaging with someone on linkedin what would be the first one or two or three messages that they should use to, to engage with with a person that's you know that's potentially someone they want to do business with but they don't want to come across in that salesy way yeah so one of the great messages is if you've met them out networking or you belong to the same networking group, that's a great intro um, saying, oh, hey, it was great to meet you at the last B4 webinar. Um, how are you doing? And just like really literally that friendly and open to starting a conversation. Um, the other thing you could do is if you haven't met them is take time to look at their profile. What have they got in there? 
can you find your question and your way in through that information? Um, there is so much information on LinkedIn. Um, there's no reason not to find a great opener. It's such a good point. I don't know if Kate, you've had experiences of this with people that are just late. I'm not funny. It's really, they're a bit lazy when it seems to LinkedIn connections, right? And they don't want to do the work to actually just find out what someone's achieved or whether even where they've worked previously, it, 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 just simple little things like that can make a difference, right? When you're trying to engage with someone. Completely. And even the basic of sending a, a hello message, you know, rather than just clicking the connect button and not adding a note, because if you're, if you really want that person in your network, demonstrate to them why in the first instance don't make them do the work you're the one that wants to build the relationship so make a point of you know saying hi why you think you're and actually having mutual connections isn't necessarily a reason just to connect so quite a lot of people say oh i see we've got lots of mutual connections so what <laughs> half of them you've never met right we haven't met yeah. for the last 12 months so it doesn't really matter so uh, it's difficult start the conversation you know at, at the very um to take all the scare factor out of it you know, there's a there's the internet between you and that person so it's less scary than walking up to them in a room and saying oh hi uh, uh, uh you can actually start a conversation just you know using the points that emma has said but to, to say nothing um you know where's the value it's such a great point. One of the things that I talk to people about in business and sales is it's, you know, people talk about business consumer or business to business. It's not, I just want H to H, human to human. And it's this human interaction. That actually, we're all in the human space of engaging with people and making people feel important. And, and, and I know that was one of your tips related to, from a sales perspective, Emma, wasn't it? About, you know, you get a lot of people on LinkedIn that will tell you how great they are, not what the impact they have. Talk a bit more about that tip that you shared there as well. Yeah. So um, it's, People are busy and I find the best way to approach LinkedIn is everyone wants to know what's in it for them. So if you're addressing that from the beginning of your conversation saying, well, actually, it will help you get to X quicker or it'll help you get to Y or it'll help you with this particular problem. That if you've done your research, you know that you're, that person has that problem um, and just, yeah. So find out all that you can to really sort of tailor it because, yeah, I see people are wanting a lot more personalization in the messages that are sent. It's a really good point. And one of the things that I know that a lot of people make, you know, the, unfortunately the mistake of is they think that actually what they say matters to prospects. Uh, and I always say to people, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter, unfortunately, uh, what you think of yourself. It only matters what your prospect thinks you can do for them. And that's a really interesting point leading on to your, Kate, uh, onto your tips, Kate. I think the, the, the first tip you gave was a really great one about success stories. Do you want to share that one quickly for everyone so that we can then talk through? Yeah, that? I mean, it came from that position of not everybody's comfortable selling themselves. And I think you see that a lot um, amongst independent consultants and sales doesn't come naturally to everybody but to the point around recognizing both your audience and their needs and wants and that discomfort with saying oh I'm great don't sell yourself sell your success stories so you yes you are very much integral in in the success but actually what successes have you generated for the people that you work with whether that's at a business level an individual client level and their classic get a quote or testimonial from that client to acknowledge and give you that credibility that says you know emma emma did this for me and look how much my business my presence has grown as a result of it um, it's about building a reputation around your experience so that people can see that what you say you do actually does work for other people when you apply it 
It's such a good point. And, and, and I always say to people, and for those watching that don't know, I'm a sales, you know, small business sales expert and do a lot of work with small businesses. And I always say there's five key words of sales. The first two are problem or want. People only buy for a problem or want. The second is understanding. You have to get to know them, which I know you're going to talk about in a, in a moment, because okay, that's your second point around avoiding the hard sell. But then it's belief and trust. Give them belief that you can solve their issue and make them trust you and give them, make them so they feel that they want to trust you to make it happen. And that leads on to your sort of second point, I think, Kate, doesn't it, in terms of how you ensure that you just avoid that hard sell. People sell, they try and sell too much too quickly. And that, and I know that was one of your points, Emma, and, and what that does is it puts people off, it back, puts their backs up, and it's something, unfortunately, that uh, can then cause you to lose the business rather than necessarily, uh, you know, um, carry on the conversation. Yeah, I mean, the... Um, a lead isn't necessarily somebody read you know, the person you're talking to isn't necessarily to, ready to buy from you yet first they need to understand what you do they need to understand if what you do is going to solve their problem if once it's solved their problem it's actually going to bring tangible value to you and it takes time to do these things you wouldn't walk up to somebody in a room and say hey do you want to buy my pencil case or why do you think I need pencils you know what yeah it's it's the basics of break it down into how you would interact with the person if you met them in a room. And for me, it's also related to getting the balance right between demonstrating your skills and sharing your expertise with giving away some stuff for free, but not too much stuff for free. But sometimes you have to give away tips, give away ideas, share knowledge beforehand to demonstrate all of these things but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to give away your ideas and things you might charge for in a in a consultancy for free so it's about finding the balance and recognizing which bit of that content which parts of that content resonate with your target audience and it will resonate do you know it's resonating when they engage with it they respond to it and you can see that it's um triggering things in their mind that they want more of it's a great point, and, and, and you mentioned something there, which is around actually the target audience. So the point that, and by the way, I've put the link into the section below. And if you have got any questions, if, you, if you're watching this now, and thanks very much for being here. If you've got questions around the business and how to generate leads and sales and marketing during COVID, please put them in the comments in the, in the chat section. We'll, we'll look to answer those. But the, the, the point that, that I made in, 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 the, in the article was all about being something to someone, not everything to everyone. And one of the biggest challenges, if you want to generate a really, really what I call fat pipeline of business, is to go and talk to the people that you that are similar to what you've already been successful in. So you've talked, talked about, okay, about success stories, and Emma's talked around actually been able to. So if you've got a client set that you know, whatever the psychographics or demographics are of that person, if you know you work with IT managers, or let's say you work with brand managers, or I don't know, whether you work with people that have got spots, I don't know, whatever it is that is that your focus target market is, Go after that audience and talk about the problems that you can solve for them and share the success stories that Emma's mentioned and the elements that Kate and Emma have mentioned. And, and, and don't try and be everything to everyone. There's the, the challenge, and I've been guilty of this in, in lots of times in the past in, in my businesses, where you're some, everything to everyone, not something to someone. It doesn't mean you can't sell to other people, but it just means you know where to focus. And I guess that's a massive factor when it comes to doing, for example, like lead generation on, link, on LinkedIn and places like that, Emma, right? LinkedIn will spend your money all day long, as well as Google and Facebook will, if you're, if you're too broad. Yeah, no, absolutely. And being targeted and you can really refine your search. There is so much information that we give LinkedIn. Um, but then if you take a paid for 
um, product from LinkedIn, you can then really sort of use that information and use it wisely. Indeed. And, and, and talk about just sort of lead generation. So obviously one of the other article uh, points that were mentioned in the article was around um, a couple of people talked around using LinkedIn, also using uh, Facebook and Google um, and Google Ads, for example. What are, you know, what's your, you know, Kate and, and, and Emma, give me your you know, views on, on people that turn on these type of campaigns that, you know, they see an advert or they see a typical, isn't it? Google and LinkedIn do this a lot. Here's a 50 pound voucher that we're going to give you for free to turn on. And suddenly, before you know it, they look at their credit card and they've, you know, 300 pound has gone on adverts that have not achieved anything. So any tips from you guys on, on what not to do and what to do in those areas, which I know is something that was mentioned, mentioned by Natasha. I would say um, if you're going to see advertising, have a real sort of focus and objective that you know about before you even write the ad copy. Um, and if you're unsure, I would probably recommend getting some expert help in running those adverts to really get the best return for your money. And I, I would add to that by say, saying start with the basics and uh, start by creating content yourself. So start with organic content. So whether that's a post or an article on LinkedIn or a, point, a landing page or post on your own website that a post on LinkedIn points to and use the paid element as an, an additional layer to reach people either in a more targeted fashion if it's not working or to reach more people more widely if it's working successfully in one place and you want to reach more people who aren't perhaps in your LinkedIn network already. Cool. And some brilliant advice there, guys. And, and I'd add to that by saying, here's a couple of things I'd really encourage you. If you are thinking of doing those type of campaigns to generate leads, be very, 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 I said the word very too many times there, but specific on your persona. So what I mean by that is your avatar. So what Facebook, Google and LinkedIn and those tools are able to do so more than ever before is you can start to really hone down on the likes and dislikes of your typical audience. So, for example, one of the things that I would say about my typical audience and the people I work with, they like they pay a certain amount of money for a bottle of wine. I know it sounds mad. You might think, really, why would I go down to that level? But I, alongside a list of bullet points of the avatar, will say that my typical audience would normally pay for around about nine to 15 pounds for a bottle of wine. So what you can also then start to do is you can look at the wines that cost that or the more premium wines, and you can start to select audiences that like those type of wines. So when you start to know your persona really, really well, not only does it help you when it comes to your marketing and your, your ability to go and do outreach, the other key thing about it is you can talk to that audience better. Because when you're creating content and communication, and Kate's, you know, Norton, she's a, she's a comms expert, she knows this, does all this stuff all the time, you really can be in a position where you can talk to that person. And when that message, your communication, whether it's a newsletter or a video, really addresses someone straight in and makes them think, that's me they're talking about here, you're going to get a much better response. Yeah, that's the piece around talking to them about their needs. So it's really easy as an organization to say, oh, hey, look at us. This is what we do. Or as an individual, you know, this is my expertise. Um, but it doesn't necessarily talk to the target person in their language or necessarily talk to their wants and needs, which is what you have touched on. And one of the hardest things can often be switching your tack from this is me, this is what I do to these are the benefits of what I do and these are how they benefit you because I know that you have problem X, Y, and Z. Brilliant stuff. And, and, um, and look, you know, those sort of bits of advice, it's just so important that we resonate, especially in these current times, just, just focus on the audience. We've had a great question in 
from Kate uh, from Rachel Cox, which I'm going to open to Kate and to Emma. So interested to hear which LinkedIn premium is recommended to an independent consultant currently using the free account. Which does Emma or Kate have? So great question. So um, Emma, as you're the LinkedIn uh, expert, I'm going to start you off with that one. Which 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 LinkedIn premium would you recommend for someone? Um, that's a good question. I would actually recommend Sales Navigator, perhaps over the others, unless, of course, you work in recruitment and then there's recruitment versions um, as well. Um, I have Sales Navigator. Um, I love it. It's great. And you get so many extra search filters. Um, the only thing I would say is if you're not going to use it, then don't get it and don't pay for it. Wait until you're ready to really search and you're wanting to be proactively in looking for sales leads. Fantastic. And Kate? Um, I have LinkedIn Premium um, and I've had it historically since I was employed in an organisation and probably doing more recruitment than I do certainly do now. Uh, and also LinkedIn has advanced since then. But I think what it gives me is the ability to, and I probably don't use it as much as I should, is the ability to make more contacts to people who I'm not necessarily connected with. So it allows me to open the door with people who are not directly in my network. No, it makes great sense. So by the way, and, and what I should say, and I don't know if they're still running this, but if you've not on LinkedIn Premium, um, do what, um, if you're, you know, can sometimes be a bit, you know, careful about what to spend and, and you've been a bit careful about spending things. One of the things to do is, LinkedIn normally offer a month's free trial, okay? So what you can do, and I certainly did this on my first month, was I literally signed up on, let's say, the 7th of December, and I put a, a, a note in my diary on the 5th of January, or put a note in your diary on the 5th of January to say, right, if you're not using LinkedIn, cancel it before the direct debit comes out or the payment gets taken. So a little tip there, if you are a bit sure about, Rachel, um, about which one to use, sign up for it. Maybe over the Christmas period, you're going to have that time to do to have a look at it. Uh, and make sure you put a note in your diary sort of a couple of days before that bill is due to, to reoccur because what these companies will do is recur that bill on a regular basis so that can ensure then that you're getting the full value of it and can make decisions i use linkedin premium myself i certainly think it's like 45 pounds a month i think for for, the, for what it gives you i think i could be wrong in saying this as well emma but mm -hmm. i think linkedin premium members get higher up in terms of their content on linkedin would you agree with that or am i just talking waffle there? um no i wouldn't say that's necessarily true i see okay who haven't got premium accounts um their content is like quite high rated yeah i, I wouldn't say might, that's be my cynicism of them looking <laughs> after the people that pay the money then but that's okay fair enough but, um, but, but to add okay. to that point if you're going to pay for a linkedin you know an enhanced linkedin presence then you've you've got to put the time in and the effort into having into your linkedin profile so it, it's the same whether you are paying for, to be on LinkedIn or whether you're just trying to acquire more clients. Showing up and being visible will make you, um, you'll be more out there for want of a better way of describing it. So it gives you the opportunity to, or encourages you perhaps to be more active on your LinkedIn profile, to be sharing more content, whether that is posting regularly or creating content specifically for LinkedIn, or finding, if you're blogging lots so that you're keeping your own website fresh, finding ways to alter, slightly paraphrase the content you're creating on your site for an article on LinkedIn, and then writing that content in such a way that you can lift sections from it almost to create individual LinkedIn posts that can point to the deeper content. Uh, so you're getting more bang for your buck in terms of creating one piece of content and spreading it across multiple channels. 
And it's a really good point you mentioned there, Kate, around content. And I think all of us would be in agreement that content is and giving, and we've talked about giving them, is something that's really critical, right, Emma, in terms of being able to, and for you all from, from a sales and marketing perspective, if you're not creating content right now that solves the problems or challenges that your audience has, then, then, then what are you doing there? And I think that's a, probably a fair thing to say that's free for anyone to do in, in 2021. You can create content that it talks about the challenges that your audience faces. You do that and start engaging with people and they're going to start to resonate with you. And you've got to be creating content, right? Or sharing that content on LinkedIn and other channels, right? Yeah. And I think I've, I posted recently about um, this notion of repeating. Don't be afraid to repeat your messaging and to remind your network of what you've said. And you don't, that doesn't mean that you have to keep sharing the same thing. It's, you can find different ways to present the same information or to point to the same article or blog post. But the point is, just because people are on LinkedIn, it doesn't mean they're on it at the same time as you. They might not see your content because not enough people have engaged with it when they're on the site. Um, you might not have posted in a while. Just because you've got 500 plus connections doesn't mean they're all going to see what you put up there. And um, the, the algorithm is an interesting one, isn't it, Emma? Because it doesn't like sharing, it likes engagement. And you see, you know, I quite often see posts in my feed that are that were written a week ago, but because they've got loads of engagement on them, they're right high up in my newsfeed. And that's something else to consider, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because LinkedIn introduced over the summer the new um, dwell time part of the algorithm. So if people are spending time reading your content, even if they're not necessarily commenting or liking, they'll the linkedin algorithm learns that over time and it will present your content to them but if you're not posting then they're not spending time reading your content so yeah it's, it's, really it's, a, really, it's a really good point around people visibility on that we'll get a bit of kickback there but um i think one of the key things that i would really also encourage people to do is if you created a target on linkedin that is your target audience one of the things that i often see people do on linkedin is that they they reach out as a message to me and then they stop Okay, so one of the things that I would encourage you to do is if you've got a target audience that's a real clear persona and you've got, let's say, 50 people that you've written down on a, on a spreadsheet or in a, in a book, don't just do one message and then walk away. Just be in a position where you start to engage and offer value. So I always say to people, if you offer value three or four times to people, which is, oh, by the way, you know, great to hear a bit more about you, but here's a resource I've shared, which would be interesting if you, you know, love, love your thoughts on, or here's something that I know people in your position have sometimes have challenges with, here's something for that. You've got to continue to add value every time you engage with someone. And don't just, if you've got a list of these people, do it once and then walk away. Um, I, I see that a lot. And it's a, it's a bit of a waste of LinkedIn. And that target is going to be dwindled down very quickly. You've got to keep going back to them. And it's a comment that Emma, um, one of our other men, uh, experts in the sales and marketing hub mentioned about that consistency of engaging with people. So thoughts on that, Kate and Emma? Yeah, I mean, it, it's that, um, that bit about being ever, ever present and having um, showing up, having a consistent message, recognising that in a conversation you might it might be something that you as an individual have to prep yourself for so that if you're not that natural salesperson you have almost a process you go through that says when I reach out to somebody who I think fits my criteria or my persona criteria over here these are the things I'm going to introduce them to first depending on what they say I will take them in the conversation this way or this way and so on and so forth 
um, it, it, it won't take you very long to put that kind of process together once you've figured out who your audience audiences are and what key messages are going to be most relevant to them. Fantastic. Emma, any thoughts on that? I've got a question for you as well, Emma, and I'm conscious of time because we've got about five minutes left, Richard, I think, haven't we? Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, sending more than one message might be required. Um, the, the other person's really busy. You don't know <laughs> what they're doing. And my other thought around this is think about how you measure measure the intangible. So you don't know if they don't reply to that message, actually what they've done with it. Have they done anything with it? Um, and sometimes what happens is later down the line, you find that actually they sent that message to five other people. They just didn't share that with you. No, such a great point, a really good point. Yeah. And, and it may well be, like you say, they've engaged with you as a result of that. So um, so look, uh, we've had a, obviously we've got, I've just been giving a go, we might have a little bit more time than 12.30, but we've had a great question from Julia. Thank you, Julia, for the question. What are the perceived good times to post um, on LinkedIn and, and on other channels? So, you know, there's a comment of Monday at 9 a.m., you know, um, what, come on, come on, Kate, give me your, and Emma, give us your expertise on what are the right times to post, you think, on, on social media and what are the wrong times, maybe? I'm going to let Emma answer the LinkedIn specific question. But my general question is, once you know where your audience is, my general answer rather, once you know who your audience is and which social media channels they hang out on, you will begin to learn when they're active. So you, you'll begin to learn. So for me, particularly, I'm quite active on Instagram. I know that in the six, between six in the morning and 7.30 in the morning, that's a great time for me to post. And probably again, later on in the evening um, with a bit of activity around lunchtime, but it does vary across channels. Cool. Emma, I love it. Great. I agree. Um, I really like that Kate said that. And also the right time for me to post on LinkedIn isn't the right time necessarily for you to post on LinkedIn. Um, it is completely um, related to your audience and when they're online. So the more you know about your audience and what they do in their average day, their average week, or what do they do in December? Do they all go off and not are they not on LinkedIn for the whole month of December? The more you know about them, the more you can figure out what the right time is to post. Um, but when you've consistently shown up, what I find is actually the time of day that you post then doesn't matter as much as what you're posting about. So it's that quality of content. It's a really good point you mentioned about consistency because um, I talk to a few people and they'll say to me, oh, I posted on LinkedIn last week and I feel like saying to them, that's like a fly on a rhino's backside, right? It's just no, it's not gonna, you're not going to notice it. How often, you know, would you recommend, and for both of you, would you recommend people posting? And this is where I'm going to be, I'm going to be put to shame here, Richard. I post normally three or four times a day on all channels. Um, my social media uh, expert, uh, exec will do that. Is that a good amount, too amount, talk, talk to you too, too much, too little? I mean, be interested to get your thoughts on how much is the right amount to put on, on these social channels, LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever is a preferred method for you. What would you say, guys? Well, Emma said it. She said quality over quantity every time. So All my the, stuff's quality, Kate. Come on, you know that. I'm joking, <laughs> I'm, joking I'm joking. But, 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 but that's a really good point, quality more than quantity, right? Yeah. And, and if, the, if, it's, if it's right for your audience and it answers their questions and it resonates with them, they will engage with it. And if they engage with it, that post will perform better in the algorithm, whatever channel you're on. And if, you, if honestly, all four of your posts every day on all channels do that, then it's right. But also you'll, you should be able to fairly easily work out which, where they work better. So some posts will work better at certain times on certain channels. But it takes time and, and that's the other 
generous nugget with social media it, it isn't just a case of blast and go and hope people will see it it's very much about investing the time in the idea the thought the interaction and the analysis and learning as you go cool. yeah Emma I'd add just if you're on your own and you don't have a team or anyone who helps you out, then I would aim for like a minimum of two to three posts per week because you also need to invest the time to be around on the platform, um, either just before you post, as you post or afterwards. Um, Otherwise, it does look like that you've posted and run off. Great point. Here's a little tip I was told once, and I don't know if I'm, I'm, I'm telling all my tips, I'm going to get told off if I'm wrong. But when, when someone posts on your LinkedIn uh, on an article you posted, what you should also then do is, if you can, is reply back with their name in the field. So if someone's replied to me and said, oh, great post, James, doesn't happen often, I know, but the reality is if it does happen. If they post, oh, great post, James, then you, I would reply back saying, thanks, at Emma Wyatt. And what I was told is that that then opens up my post to their network. Is that correct or, or not, Emma? Have I been doing it wrong? Um, as soon as you comment on a post, it's opened up to your network. So you don't actually have to at mention, but as soon as you comment on something, people, if they're following you and connecting you see your but but, but it'd be open up to the other person's network is what i mean sorry so i was told for example if i wouldn't have your network would be your it would mean your network would then see that post because i've then used your name in the tag that's what i was told i could be wrong okay yeah i'd have anyway. to I'd have to research a bit more on that. All right, apologies for putting you in there. I was just told that. Try it out. I, I, I found that it, it, it sometimes works. When you reply back saying, thanks, Emma at White, it opens up that post to, to Emma's network, which is okay. good. So I've had a, we'll, get to some, we'll get to some sensible questions because Rachel's put, rather than my rubbish, um, we'll, we'll talk to, we've got, Rachel's put a really great question here, which is, um, I sense there are less articles being published on LinkedIn and more posts. Some yep. go into blogs or other people's contents. What are your thoughts on this, guys? Okay. Uh, yes, I would say I have, I'm seeing fewer articles too. Um, and actually I've seen some debate around this as well. Um, I don't necessarily have a conclusion as to why. And I think ultimately, if you can be smart in the way you distribute your content, you can write it on your blog, adapt it for LinkedIn without losing any SEO value or giving Google the wrong um, pointers in terms of where it wants to connect that content to you and um, mash it up into a number of posts across multiple social media channels if you're on multiple and you'll get more value from it. So I wouldn't worry about what is being posted or isn't. Um, I just think about the clever ways you can use what you are creating to be present in multiple places. I don't know, Emma, whether there's an algorithm factor in this. Um, currently, articles get less views than posts, but that's not to say that you shouldn't post an article because um, articles stay on your profile forever until you delete them. Whereas when you post as post on LinkedIn, eventually after three to six months, the post will drop off and disappear. Um, so there are other benefits to having articles um, attached to your profile. Great. And, and the second part of uh, Rachel's question, which is thank you for that, Emma and Kate, was does LinkedIn not favour links in posts, hence link to a comment following a post? Um, no, it's not a problem. It used to be a problem. Um, but since they increased, in, since they, sorry, included the dwell time calculation in the algorithm, um, I'm not seeing and my clients aren't seeing any as negative effects as they did so actually it's better to share the link in the body of the post because when you put it in the first comment because LinkedIn still filter comments to be most relevant your first comment might not even show in a post to someone so put the link in the post and just do it when Fantastic. you post it 
And Rachel's just said, good, you know, good, good tip, James. Thank you. But the other thing about that, which is a little tip I'll say to people is, is, is for sale for when you're engaging with potential people from a sales perspective, if you've got an audience of someone that you're engaging with that's on your target list, go and have a look at some of their posts and also like and reply to some things. As humans, we love interaction with other people. So if you've got a target audience of, say, someone in a company you want to engage with and you don't, don't don't stalk them. Don't make them think every post you put you're going to like them. But actually, replying back to say great post or great article or sharing. I know I've won business before when I've shared someone's article and they came back and I started a conversation. And before we knew it, you know, we, we did some business. So the reality is sometimes being able to like and go back to people's comments of taking the time because they've taken the time to reply on your post or to comment on your post. It's, it's I don't know what's your view on that etiquette and when people are posting on your post. Is it you know should you like and reply to each one? I I think personally you should. Otherwise you know. It, Otherwise, it becomes a little bit of a, uh, uh, of, 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 they, they feel that their time has been wasted. I reply to all my comments. There you go. Says it all. Okay. What about you, Kate? <laughs> yeah, I think you should um, inter interact, whether that's like or respond to, reply to all the comments on your post. And and you have a, an obligation of sorts to your network to spend time interacting with their posts as well because not only might you meet new people through their posts through their wider network you might learn something <laughs> you know definitely no it's a great point and, and i think you know linkedin and these tools are great tools for prospecting the one thing i am going to say to people is that um, and, and maybe, you know, the guys will say, don't hide behind social media as well, though, okay? Don't just hide behind social media. People are humans and they want to engage with uh, everyone. So what I would say to people is be prepared to pick up the phone still. Be prepared to talk to people and have conversations, especially if you know you can talk about a conversation that's relevant to them. Or just say, look, I saw you post on LinkedIn. I'd love to get to know more about you and what's going on in your business. Focus on them and what's understanding them. And, and by the way, try, people say to me, oh, I can't get hold of people between nine and five. Try essentially 8.30 in the morning. You can sometimes get hold of business owners, especially if you're talking, targeting a, a business owner or a director. You can get hold of people at different times in the day or maybe at 5.30, 6 o'clock when other team members may not be around. So don't be afraid to engage slightly earlier in the day or later in the day to get hold of people as well. So, so look, I mean, some really good points and, and posts have been put here. And I'm conscious if we've gone a few minutes over, but hopefully everyone's found it valuable. You guys have got so much expertise and, and, and insights to give. Kate and Emma, any other thoughts from you on the article? So I've shared the article for people in the, in the, in the chat room here. Any other thoughts that, or comments that anyone that in, shared in the article that you think are just worth bringing up as we, as we reach a conclusion? I think that piece around... Um... Don't, don't ask, don't get. So, so the, the purpose of LinkedIn is to build a professional network. And in the same sense that your network is, you're there to support that network in the same way they are there to support you. So being active on LinkedIn allows you to be present, to allow, it allows other people to engage with your content. You're, it's, an, it's a slightly distanced way of maintaining those relationships and maintaining your networking efforts so that when you do need a help from a hand from somebody in your network. It's less cold to go and ask them for it. Uh, and in the same way, they should then feel comfortable because they've spent time interacting with you that they can come and ask you a question. Um, and I don't, I don't think in life or in business that you should be afraid to ask for anything. You know, the answer might be no, but if you don't ask, you don't know. Great advice. Great advice. I really appreciate that. Thank you. And, and Emma, any final thoughts from you on the article that we shared and anything else that stuck out, you know, stuck out from you from there? Um, just say, if you haven't read the article, go and read it. I think um, spending five minutes with your coffee would be well worth your time. Um, there's so many tips and things in there. You could um, do all of them or combine your favourite ones together and you'd have a really good 
um, solid plan and way forward for generating new leads for yourself. Fantastic. Well, brilliant. We really appreciate your advice. And, and, and I've got one other final question for you both, actually, and then we're going to open it. And, I, and I'd like everyone to let us know about this as well. So um, it's 7th of December. Is it OK for the Quality Street or the Roses to be open in, on the table in the kitchen or in the, in the living room at this time of year right now? Or is it too early? And I'd like everyone else to ask that same, answer that same question. Is it too early for the Quality Street to be open? Emma? No. Okay. I've already made a reel of it on Instagram. <laughs> there you go. So the answer is... And by the way, if you tell us if you if your quality street or your roses or whatever sweets are on your kitchen table are not out, um, then, then, then never too early. Jody said, "Well said, Jody." Um, and uh, anyone else is? Does anyone else have any rules that are not allowed? I, had, I met once met someone that had a rule that they couldn't go out until the fifteenth. I was like, "Don't want to live in your house." But there we go. So that's uh, all good fun. Look, just a just a, a huge thank you to everyone for being here. Thank you. It's a bit of a, di a webinar of a difference. We didn't want to just uh, bore you with slides. Um, there's lots of insights that these ladies have got that I wanted to share with you and hopefully you found it useful a bit of fun and it's given you some insights into linkedin and how to help you sell and get uh, more leads in business for 2021 so unless there's any final questions i'm just going to say a massive thank you to emma um emma where can people find you um i guess they can find you on linkedin right on linkedin i'm always there so um come and find me if you're delighted to chat further there by the way, season ticket or oh, I love that. I love the package. Go and have a look at Emma's packages. They, uh, that sounds a real weird thing to say, but you get the idea on LinkedIn. Uh, it's a really good thing. And Kate, where can people find you? LinkedIn, Instagram, where, where are you most often? Um, you can find me on LinkedIn or you can find me as Coconut Comms on Instagram. Coconut Comms, brilliant stuff. Well, look, these two ladies are a, a great, uh, huge amounts of knowledge and expertise. And so thank you um, for giving up your time today, Emma and Kate, to, to share some thoughts and insights with everyone. And as I say, Thank my name is James, James White. Uh, I'm, if you help, if you search me on any social media channel, James White Sales, um, there to support you and help your business get some great results as well. So that, that's it from, from us. Um, we've had our half hour of and uh, how can you help and win new business in a COVID-challenged world. Hopefully, the most important thing is you do take some action. Take some action, whether it's on LinkedIn or wherever it is. Do some things that you need to do to make your business. Business isn't going to happen by accident. Take what the action that you need to reach out to people like myself or Kate or Emma if we can help you in any other way. And um, good luck for the, the rest of the year. And most importantly, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.